really rough, particularly on women. But I think it helped change the course of the crack epidemic. I don't know what's this opioid thing, man. Is is well, being a crackhead wasn't would cool you... back then. Being what? a crackhead wasn't cool. Now it's it, they seem like they're they're making it cool to be drinking lean and syrup and it's the most dangerous. It's the most dangerous and... thing that's facing um, um, our society. Are you so, so why sign an artist that would promote that? Um, b- because I, I I already answered that question. You weren't paying attention. Um, she asked me talent. Or issues, and I said talent, but I I, I have to I, I can't give up on people. I'm saying that's hypocritical, though. You're saying um, it's opportunistic. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got people to feed. <laughs> um, I got oh, a bu- I got a I got a business to run. <laughs> You're gonna make Dame Dash take this clip and call you a coaching vulture. Hey, Kanye, what do you think about that? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, what do you think about Balenciaga dropping you? I ain't lose no money. They never paid me nothing. Basically. You know what I'm saying? True. You're the one that's signed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You think Adidas is next? Well, we go we going through legal right now, so anything can happen. But you got Johnny Depp's lawyer, so she got him off, right? Yeah, I think, I think people just try to score points. I think people just try to score points. You know what I'm saying? Like, Maverick Carter had me go on a show just to say we took him off the show. Then I go on Drink Champs, then they take it down. The day when I was taken off the Balenciaga site, that was that was one of the most freeing days, you know? You know, we're, we're about making product that's $20, the best design in the world, and that's the reason why we have brought the head designer from Balenciaga, Demna, who's a great designer. That's why I brought him to the Gap in the first place, but they didn't allow that to happen, and that's why I had to get up out of those big corporations so I could get directly to the people. And I wanna talk about the Jewish comment it's actually proven the exact point that I made. So many actors been bullied behind the scenes. So you even got people like Ari Emanuel asking people to not do business with me. That's how this town has been running for so, so long. They'll mute you. They'll try to mute you at all costs. They can't cancel Kanye. Kanye. Yeah. 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 What'd you say? They can't, they can't cancel somebody. Well, I mean, you, 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 you def- tell you why you got us, bro. You look, look at that. Even, even, even God's before, on your side, man. God is on all our side. God yes. is Amen. a match. Amen. Yes. You know, so even yes. though. He's a master controller. We're even, on remote control. Exactly. We're yep. vessels. Yep, exactly. Amen. So y'all, y'all still had a platform. This is the thing. They didn't, they never expected someone to have the platform. It's not that. Uh, it's not that anyone's afraid. They're afraid of us not being afraid anymore. And we're not afraid anymore. They can't use all the tactics. I'm talking about my life was threatened to have a political opinion. You understand what I'm saying? To wear the wrong color hat is what they told me. Or wrong thing. Or you know, the audacity as, as me, the audacity of me as a black man to have a White Lives Matter t-shirt. I've seen white people wear Black Lives Matter t-shirts. That's right. So that's some audacity, right? It seems pretty one-sided if you really think about it. So we just lean into it every day. I know God has a plan for us. We, we fight not in flesh and blood. This is a spiritual warfare at this point. Anything else, you guys? God, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Listen, man, God's on all of her side and your side, and you're the one that's going to be the catalyst to bring us forward, man. I'm telling you. Do you, believe that, do you believe that black-owned media will be the solution of celebrities being outcasts for not going with the group? You know, I believe at this point we're all one We're all one race. We're the human race at this point. It's going to take us all coming together under God and helping each other. You know? I mean, do you think it's better if we lift each other up, though, instead of negative comments? Do you think that's a better move? He's got to call it out first. He's got to call out the negativity and then we got to heal it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's just um, we got to get the truth before we can get the love or else we're just loving the lies. What have you got to say to people that are trying to cancel you? You can't cancel him. I'm here. What are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) We're here. We ain't going nowhere, baby. Kanye 2024? If I ever went anywhere, we'd know why. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. So we're here. Exactly. We love you, man. Kanye, any words on Bitcoin? 
We got paparazzi. Let's hey, get can, can, can we get some Yeezys? I'm, 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 I'm not But as far as Bitcoin, I'm, I'm just not knowledgeable enough to speak on that subject. You know? Sure. Can I give you more time Fair enough, Kanye. Hey, will you sign my shirt for me, man? Will you sign my shirt for me? Whatever. Show us your shirt. Also, what I want to say is happy birthday to Kimberly. Thank you for making my four beautiful children. I would love you for life for that. Thank you all. God bless you. God bless you. Going for president 2024 or what? Running again, Clay? That's Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. You're a gentleman. We love you, Kanye. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Have a good one, Kanye. Welcome to Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're just going to talk about our brother who's still trending, right? Our brother Kanye West is still trending. And uh, <laughs> this is a very interesting story as it's unfolding. So we're going to have a conversation about that. Um, in the future, I want to have a conversation about our brother Ice Cube. Right, because um, he got the big three basketball league, but he got a partner, and his partner is a small hand. Right, I don't want to put any bad talk or words on our brother. I'm talking about Ice Cube, but all I can say is history is um. You know, you can kind of tell what the future is going to be like by watching history, reading history, learning history, examining history, right? Um, unfortunately, I think that brother's going to lose that league, right? I don't see Ice Cube having the big three past 2028. I don't see it. Um, it looks like through the channels of distribution, they're working on them now. So what they typically do to one of our people that own something to that level is that they let you use your vision, which is in the dream of your heart and your mind and your soul. They let you put it out, right, as art, as work, as a collectiveness. This is your baby. This is your NBA league that you've seen in your mind and you called it the big three. This is your own league, right? But, you know, they come and take what you got. They're going to, you know, let your company run down a little bit because I think our brother did a deal with Fox. I, I can't I can't recall who he did his distribution deal with. But, um, you know, there's no black-owned channels, right? So. If our brother keep it underground and just build his brain up from the city, from the people, he can keep it. When you do a deal and they're the distributors, they can control your career and they're going to control it. Right. So I'm just putting it out there first. I'm not trying to speak ill about our brother. But unfortunately, those small hats is going to take his lead. They're going to give him some money. And then all of a sudden, the business is going to boom all of a sudden because it is going to turn the water back on for a blast because they control the channels of distribution and when you do a deal with them and you are a um you a black american you're an original man or original woman it ain't they got a plan for our people they don't let us own anything we can we can get the money right and um you can get the company but they don't let you die with both um you you won't have company and money that's going to go down two, three generations. Uh, that's not the blueprint that they have for our people in this country, right? Um, you know, black America's got to understand that business is war. And you're dealing with the people, right? You're dealing with the devil at the very beginning. 
and his nature is war so everything is competitive it's competition so i was kind of listening to one of q you know his uh interviews and he was saying oh you know i didn't get as much help as i thought i was going to get from the nba and i'm looking at it like no they don't look at you business is competition so i'm looking at it like no they're not hit it they're not put in place to help you you know what i'm saying that's not gonna work they're finna buy you out they're gonna either buy you out to shut it down and they're gonna buy you out to keep it running now if you are um feeding too many black and brown people with your business what they normally do then is buy you out and shut it down right but if you're not really feeding a lot of black folks they buy you out and then they take it over and they keep running it because they have a skill of picking the most talented amongst us and doing a deal with him and throwing the rest of us in the cold right but we're going to have a conversation about that maybe all that is a different story for a different day i want to talk about our brothers from new york city i want to talk about the media that is controlled by the small hats right of course we know that uh media is just another name for medium which is a gateway to the unseen world right so uh <laughs> i don't know if you know it or not but another name for media is uh fortune teller beloved another name for uh media is uh a soothsayer a crystal ball a uh a idea right so if the small hats control the media, that means that they control the ideas that go through your mind. They put them there and they know what their reaction is going to be because they control the media. They put it there, right? So when you was a kid and uh, you may see an Asian person and you may think all oh, Asian people know karate because you've seen it on the television that way. You may think all Italians is in the mafia they got some type of coaster notion thing on because the media put that idea there when it comes to black and brown people the media makes sure that they keep us on the television right we're talking about the small hat owned media the liberals run and ceos and presidents of these so-called news media but the small hat he's in the back he's financing everything so there's a certain way they gotta paint us as a people right june bug he ran into the 7-eleven he ran into the dollar store he with the gun he finna hold up somebody they gotta constantly put this image out everywhere because it's the media it's the medium this is the idea they have to paint of you and once they paint that ideal of you they're kind of setting the stage for your slaughter so when you die it's okay it's not a big deal it's all right they got a deal in the back they make the caskets you know they got the companies that create the bombing and fluid and then in the back of your driver's license they did a deal with the state that they can get your organs right but maybe all that is a different story for a different day this is why you see you on tv you and your sister stay on tv um east indian niggas is robbing every day too there's niggas that coming out of chinatown our asian brothers these yellow niggas they robbing every day too right don't think Habib, these sand diggers ain't running to the 7-Eleven sticking them up too. But they're not going to put them on TV like that. You think they're not robbing nobody? You think that these folks is, you think that they don't have no breaking and entering in their neighborhoods? You think they ain't got no assaults, no bat, you know, no batteries, no nothing. It's just, it's heaven when you get around these other groups. <laughs> it's so much safer out there, right? No, they got the same thing in their neighborhood, going in our neighborhood, but we on TV with it all the time because these folks is painting the image right there's a lot of people in our community that's more like they're free thinkers and i noticed unfortunately beloved that a lot of our brothers out of new york um them niggas is bought man you know they bought and paid for i'm talking about on the entertainer level it's um it's unfortunate but they already bought and paid for you know i watched some of these guys and in their rebuttal our brother kanye been hot in the press he's been trending and when they come out against them they're just making this point you know what i'm saying they're just just looking at nori who was the epitome of a street nigga, beloved 
And on Real Black Contenders Forum podcast, we we let our people know in the village, street niggas ain't got no soul. They don't have the soul. They don't got the spirit that mom and daddy them got. They got this Mick, this kike, this guinea spirit. They not like us. They're slaves to money. They're so scared they can lose money. They, they not. They don't have a soul like us. You could kind of see it now because all these street niggas, they putting a microphone in their face and everybody, nobody has nothing positive to say about our brother Kanye. Now we could come back and say, well, we don't have to agree on everything that our brother says, right? And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but this is how I look at it. We are taught at a very young age in the village that when you are at war, you do not criticize your brother at war. Our brother is at war. So if we disagree, it's as if we from the village and we are in a rival neighborhood at this point. This ain't the time in front of the rival neighborhood to be going back and forth. Look, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. It's like, damn, you a turncoat. So typically what happens when you're from the village is this. You go and have an issue with another neighborhood. You're in another neighborhood. You show that unified front first. When you get back to the neighborhood, any disagreement that you have, you let it out. Right. But. If we are from the same neighborhood and we are in a rival neighborhood and we start pointing fingers at one another, we're turncoats with Judas's at that point. You can see who's not loyal, right? The thing that our brother Kanye West is doing is he's exposing all the turncoats. We can look and see who everybody who was on the auction block, who's bought. We can see everybody that small hat owns. Unfortunately, beloved. It ain't no brothers from Virginia coming out against our brother of Tennessee. <laughs> really nowhere in the South. You know what I'm saying? His biggest voices that coming against him is California niggas. And at the very top of the list is New York niggas. It's like all of these niggas in New York is bought. So you're making our brother Kanye point. He's saying, listen, when a guy, this is powerful, beloved. When a black man at the biggest stage, because he's saying something that we have, we have always said in the village. Hey, man, these black entertainers, these folk own them people, man. They ain't got no soul. They sold they soul to these people. They don't belong to us. They belong to them. They're slaves to these folks' money and popularity. They just, they're slaves to these people, right? And they use many of them as slave catchers to catch us to bring them into these recording contracts or these Hollywood contracts in the West Coast and tie you up with these small hats with their names all over the contracts that this is what it is so we can see these folks they're coming out and it's as if the small hats went down into their like their contact list and every nigga that they can find that belongs to them they're putting in the microphone in front of their face for a rebuttal and we can see 50 cent he got comments you know what i'm saying we can see that uh nori switched his tune he put the guy on the uh, our brother Kanye on his platform. It was a real good interview. You can see Noy was in tune with everything that Ye said. He was because the spirit was there. And then within 24 hours, right? Just think about this. And this is why I say he is the epitome of a street nigga, beloved. Within 24 hours, his whole tune changed. I mean, like he was doing the Michael Jackson routine. He was goddamn. He was doing. I said, damn, I got him confused. I said, this prime time, Deion Sanders, you know, I'm, I, this nigga was prime time. I mean, the backpedaling <laughs> was unprecedented. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he looked at like our brother Sherman, you know what I mean, from the Seahawks in his prime. I'm like, what is he back? He backpedaling so hard, folks. But, beloved, let me say this first, right? I knew it. You can see it coming. You know, many of us, we looking at the interview on Drink Champs. And Ye is just going in, right? And he's making, he's saying some cold shit, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, damn, they let this air? So I'm telling my own son this, and he like, oh, I'm going to have to download this. They're going to take this. He can, we all seen it, though. Oh, man, they're going to take this shit off the air. They're not going to let this sit on here like this. And then we looking at Ye, and I'm like, I'm not sure. Every time they put a microphone in this brother's face, beloved, he is doubling down. He is tripling down. I don't think he's going to fold. But then I start looking at Ye's situation. I'm like, okay, if everybody cuts him and drops him, the guy is worth three to four billion dollars. Let's say he lose all his connections. 
he may walk away after he takes a hit. He may have about 800, 900 million dollars left. He's from the south side of Chicago. He won already. Like, um, he doesn't have to worry about his kids. They're secure. His ex-wife is a billionaire. So it's like, <laughs> he he is the most freest black man on the planet. You know, but they try to pick on our brother for the White Lives Matter shirts. And I'm like, you just got to think about the sickness of our people mentally. Beloved, you can't have on a Prada shirt and wear Gucci and wear Louis Vuitton and get Chanel for your own lady and have Nikes in your closet and Timberlands in your closet and talk about a black man with a White Lives Matter shirt. My nigga, y'all got the same thing, bro. Nike is White Lives Matter. Gucci is White Lives Matter, bro. What's what's wrong with y'all? You think, you know, nobody said nothing when Nas came to the 50th Grammy and had a nigga shirt on. Him and his old lady had a shirt said nigga. Nobody said nothing. Oh, look, it's so artistic. Look at our Queensbridge brother, blah, 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 blah. A black man with a White Lives Matter shirt on, which is the obvious. 90% of our people work for so-called white folks. This is who give our checks. Anything that they make, I'm talking about all the fashion houses. We support all of them. We got our budding black designers that's coming up. Now, this is Black Lives Matter to me, right? Black Lives Matter don't mean somebody who get popularity because the devil killed them. That ain't because that's what we kind of do. We victimize every goddamn thing. But Black Lives Matter to me is the um, the person that owned a restaurant in your neighborhood. That's Black Lives Matter, right? The person that's getting the brownie shop, that's owned the boutique, right? That's the new fashion designer that's coming up. If we love black folks so much and we believe in Black Lives Matter so much, why don't we go on the runway with something that a black designer makes? You know, you know I'm looking at our people with these platforms criticizing Yay. They're criticizing Yay for wearing a White Lives Matter shirt on, right? But they're doing it in Italian-made suits. They're doing it with Gucci on. They're doing it with jewelry that they paid thousands of dollars for. That A goddamn small hat from the Diamond District sold them. But they talking, they swear they're so pro-black. And But here's the thing that's interesting, right? Because we always try to teach our people, action is, is more than words. Our brother Yay made some comments about George Floyd, right? Now, I, I'm, I hate that the brother passed away. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes, you know, you think about it like, but damn, two things could be right. We got in this world where only one thing at a time could be right. If Ye is saying the man died of fentanyl, right, and he had some high levels of fentanyl in his system, so they say. And then those that's with these, these uh, leftists, these Democrat, liberal, friendly, small hat finance so-called protesters are they if they're saying well he died because the devil had his knee on his back sometimes beloved both of y'all could be right if yay felt this way he always been with candace Owens. he'd been with candace Owens for a minute but when george floyd that's when he lost his life in that situation where the devil assisted him in his death by killing him with the knee on his neck and maybe the drug over the who i don't know i don't get that deep into i can't remember i don't even know no disrespect I, Maybe I was asleep. I don't know when George Floyd became the litmus test of how much you really love black people. Because the way I look at the brother, I hate that he lost his life. But man, so many niggas lose their life in Detroit and Philadelphia. Nobody says nothing. And I know, unfortunately, this brother's life is worth everything because the devil killed him. But we walk by shootings in our neighborhood every fucking day. You know what I'm saying? In our cities every fucking day, we don't say nothing. We talking about Black Lives Matter, and we just watched a black man in L.A. that's an to lose his life at the Waffle House in broad daylight, and and these niggas jumping up talking about some White Lives Matter shit. You serious, bro? Like a fucking gold chain at nine o'clock and ten o'clock in any fucking inner city in America, in L.A., in Detroit, Chicago, New York City. That shit, you lose your life for a fucking gold chain. After 9 p.m. Well, it was it was 9 p.m. when I was coming up. At least it was dark. It ain't even dark no more. You wear a fucking gold chain in certain parts of goddamn Memphis and Miami and Houston, bro. You lose your fucking life. And these niggas are come back. Hey, look, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Dog, I could put a fucking gold chain on your neck and get you killed. But maybe that's a different story for a different day. Our brother Ye, being around Candace Owens. 
And I, I ain't defending you. Everybody your own man. You got to stand on your own too. But around Candace Owens, he familiar with the whole George Floyd situation. But he felt so compelled. He, out of all the entertainers, donated $2 million to the George Floyd family. Yeah, he did that. He did this for his George Floyd's daughter. Even though he disagreed. Now, just think, put this in your mind because they're not going to publicize this part. Even though we see Ye disagreed with the manner of death, and now nah, I think it happened another way, he felt a way that he's going to donate $2 million to the guy's family, to his daughter. And Ye said, well, I did it for college. Now, we all got grown children, many of us, and we know, goddamn, what you're going to send the child to Harvard three times? We know it doesn't take $2 million to send nobody through college. But the daughter and the family got the money. But the man that gave you the money he may not agree with how your pops died, but you got to think about it. Like, we gave the family money. All right. Niggas that's coming against Ye, that's owned by the left and the small hats, these whole little small circle, the Tamika Mallory's and the Mysons, and they, they got so much to say about him talking about George Floyd's situation. Ask them how much fucking money did they give? They so compelled to stand up to George Floyd. How much y'all give his family that? Because the guy that's talking the most shit gave the most money. So where I'm from, I'm kind of like, that can be a wash. But they ain't found some goddamn charlatan-ass lawyer that they pulled out, and he just so happened that I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what this is doing. They pull him out of the goddamn woodwork somewhere, and he, oh, we need $250 million for Blase Blase. And this is just, I don't understand our people. But maybe all that is a different story for a different day. I'll just look at it like this, beloved. You know, you can tell how the system works when you see somebody stand against the system you can see it right like the chinese say the chinese say what they say uh the only nail that get hammered is the one that's standing up you dig what i'm saying it looks like our brother yay is standing up now it's the new thing that again everybody that disagree with him is interesting because they by some way by default they make his point in their disagreement with him you know what I mean? You see DJ Academics disagree with him. You see Charlemagne disagree with him, right? But these are guys that can say nigga on a platform. They don't say kike. They don't say guinea. They train. They got the, this is the blueprint or AKA the black print. This is what you do. This is what you say. Yeah, when it comes to showing any type of disrespect, you make sure you do it to your people. So that's why a lot of folks have issues with my platform. You know, I got devils that listen to me. And they say, yo, VJ, we like what you're saying, but beloved, sometimes we think you're a little anti-Semitic. I've been called that on my platform. And my rebuttal is like, yo, if you can stomach the culture saying nigga all the time and you cool with it, when I say kite, don't say nothing. When I say guinea, don't say nothing. When I say small hat or I don't remember the last time I used, uh, I said like uh, England in, in a conversation, I say limey land. Because if we're going to be disrespectful, and I'm like, if I can't show the discipline to show my people enough honor to not say nigga, and you know, I can always say kings and queens to my people, and I do. But if I don't show the discipline to always honor my people, and I can let nigga slip out, and I don't mean no harm, well, shit, I ain't going to mean no harm when I say Mick neither. I don't mean no harm when I say kike. I don't mean no harm when I say guinea. In fact, to be real, our brother Kanye can't be anti-Semitic because what? He said he's a Jew. He's identifying himself as a Jew. So how can a Jew be anti-Semitic and he's a Jew? Because the liberals fix it that way. That's how come Big VJ on Real Black Continents Foreign Podcast, I can't be racist. I'm a Jew too. Sometimes I feel like I'm a Mick. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a guinea. I, I can say these words because these are my people. Ain't this what the liberals say? I can, you can wake up one morning. I can wake up one morning. Anybody can wake up one morning. Shit, we can be a good grown man, but if we feel like a woman, hell, we can say we're a woman. Nobody can come against that, right? You know what I'm saying? If if the, uh, if the teenage guy, we, we didn't watch all, all of us and put our daughters through volleyball and they practice on their discipline of being good track runners and we just watched for years the young man who felt like he's a woman, he's able to be a woman, he can go and Go after your daughter's scholarship for the track team. Go after your daughter's scholarship for the volleyball team. Nobody says nothing then. So if I identify as that, if you ever hear me say a racial slur that you don't like, 
just know your brother i'm at that time i'm that person because <laughs> this is how the liberals do it now when you do that they don't let you do that they just got in this game of life they got us as the black character we can't jump around like that they let everybody else jump around like that you know they give a uh what's the dude that was married to uh chris chris jenner right the uh they was married to the kardashian they gave this dude um espn i believe they gave him like woman of the year you know what i'm saying so shit, if they can well i can say anything i want because i can transform to be whoever i want to be but maybe that's a different story for a different day you know you got to be careful being around so-called street niggas because them new york guys all on small hats on them when our brother Kanye said, he said, uh, he said, how many black executives got a Jewish artist? And then he said, how many Jewish executives got a black artist? He said, all of them. You know, the term artist is a very broad term, family. Artists mean hip hop, R&B, a professional athlete is an artist. So that means the small hats don't let our people do nothing for them. You know, you can't be their financial advisor. You can't be their agent. When was the last time you seen a small hat, a Goldstein, a Goldberg, a Bluebird, a Weinstein go into the courtroom and a black man is his lawyer? They don't let you, they don't let you eat off them no kind of way. But you, especially our brothers from New York, they they are they look like they made it cool to worship these small hats. They got they signed to a small hat label, and then when they get in trouble, a shooting, a stabbing, or something goes wrong, some type of violence, they come into the courtroom and they got a small hat lawyer. It's like they are in the business of funding these people. And because they do it so much, the rest of the world don't get it. You know, brothers and sisters from the Midwest don't get it. Brothers and sisters from the South don't get it. The South really don't get it. Because the South. You know, they believe in ownership in the South. You know, this is what black people is used to owning land, owning acres, owning a service station, owning a business. You know what I'm saying? Owning a restaurant, you know, uh, owning a law firm, uh, owning all kinds of They're used to this shit in the South. You know, our brothers in New York, unfortunately, they don't they're not used to that. You know, many of our brothers out there, um, they're in these project housings these subsidized housings, these slumlord apartments, the small hats own all of that. The federal government did a deal through the banks, which is code for small hat to get certain funding to open up the project housing. And then you get at the project housing, you get into these apartments and these slumlords. And then they have our people paying 14 and 15 and $1,600 a month to live in these apartments. They only like 900 square feet or 800 square feet. And they have our people doing these jobs, man, they can never get out that rat race. So they, the small hats, unfortunately, they run New York City because you got to go there to see it. Like Jersey City, Jersey, and then New York City, it's like they have a very stronghold there. So Jay-Z says that in his record, he says, uh, you know how small hats own all the property in America? He says credit. Yeah, that's how they did it. And that is beloved. That is the financial blueprint that our brother Floyd Mayweather live off of. But you got to look at Floyd Mayweather's team. His team is his lawyer is a black man. His advisors is a black man. Everybody that's around him is an original man. And even the women are original. They're original man, original woman. So they can take him to a billion dollars because they got that his family, they're his people. They're going to put his best interest in mind. He's going to always have money. You can't do what everybody else doing and they going broke. The people that do it this way always have money. He was getting paid one amount by fighting for a small hat at top rank. We're talking about our brother Floyd Mayweather. He go out on his own and he get with a brother, Al Heyman, and now he's a billionaire. That's like, that's the math and science of everything, beloved. You got to roll with your own in these industries to make real money. Because it looks like when we roll with them people, we don't make no money, but it's like our brother Floyd got into the real estate business. That man owned apartments all over the country. I'm talking about big boy apartment buildings all over the country. He invested in 
these skyscrapers in the city of New York. So he makes the joke. I'm going to get a seven-figure check every month until the casket drop because everybody got to pay their rent. So, like, he's good. That's what our people got to be involved in. But, you know, they make it cool. Midwest brothers make it cool to have a black team. Floyd make it look cool. LeBron James make it look cool to have a black team. His lawyers and agents and financial advisors, they black people. So he's a billion-dollar athlete. But it's look like, goddamn, it took Michael Jordan so long to become a billion-dollar athlete. But look who his handlers is. You know what I'm saying? They they didn't really give Mike the best deal for the shoe deal, to be real with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm thinking getting like 10 or 15%. He made Nike. But that's what they do, man. You know, Mike is from a guy from North Carolina that's from Brooklyn. And the way they do it in New York City is that they keep our people in the front. They make the real money in the back. You know, the small hats dominate all the property, all the record companies, everything that got anything to do with entertainment. They dominate that shit in New York City. So they got all of our people signed up to them contracts. So anytime you hear somebody go against anybody that got something to say against them, you already know they in bed with the small hat. Charlemagne, the guy got something to say. He's in bed with the small hat. You know, iHeart runs that. They don't run, you know, iHeart running everything over there. When it comes to the music industry, you know, the small hat, Sir something, whatever his name is, and um, I think it used to be Doug Morris, but now it's another person, Sir Lucian something, I don't know. I'm going to get the name wrong. I'm not exactly sure, but he's a small hat. These guys run our people out there, and everybody's in debt because all these advances is just loans. So everybody is kind of crazy. Like all of our people is tied in with these people, but it's like New York city made it cool to goddamn keep a small head on the team. It's crazy to me, man. Like the South is not James Prince ain't go for that. He's like, yo, I went out to New York and he was like, man, these guys, I'm looking at the contract that he get these guys. He's like, man, there's no way. Tony Draper ain't going for that. Master P ain't going for that. You know what I'm saying? Birdman and his brother, they weren't going, but they looking like, man, nah. <laughs> Master P used to have a line. He said he come out to, um, you know, he come out doing the meeting with these small hats, and he had a, a lyric. He's like, 15%. You know, because that's what they wanted to give him on his deal. He would make 15%, I guess 15 to send an album. And everybody get paid out your 15%. And he was like, man, there ain't enough money to pay my motherfucking rent. Like, what the fuck I look like signing a deal and I'm getting 15 cent a rack and I could just press it up myself and do it myself. So when uh, many of our brothers from New York would come to the South and they would come to the Midwest and they would see independent labels, they thought that our brothers, you know, our people were slow. Like, yo, you selling your own music? Look, I got a good fancy deal and they got the small hat. Look, I'm signing the Def Jam. Look, I'm signing this record label. I'm signing that record label. But the guy that was selling and had to own independent, he was making more money. But it's just something about being next to them people. Our people is addicted to them people. And I don't get it, bro. I remember when Jesse Jackson, beloved, went to New York City and they got on Jesse Jackson because he was like, he looking around at how everything is moving. He called it Jaime Town. He's like, man, this is Jaime Town. <laughs> These people run everything out here. You know what I'm saying? Our people don't run nothing out here. They ain't running nothing but their mouth. So it looks like that record industry is like a slave catching industry. Because what they do, beloved, is that they pick one from amongst us. They give him a little money and give him a little prestige. They call it joint venture. And they let him go out and catch more of his people and bring them in and tie them in as a from a boutique label to the larger hip-hop companies right that's like you know it's a big conglomerate of record labels but then they'll give you a boutique so they'll give you like a rough riders records uh they will give you a murder ink records they will give you a rockefeller records and then you assign poking them from the block you will tie them into the contract with your boutique label and then you would take them to the big boy distributor and then they will ultimately tie you into that. And then you're going to stay in debt because everybody's got to get paid before you get paid. It's unfortunate. But the, so I'm saying all that to say this, beloved. Our people in the East Coast, they don't have no voice. 
especially a black person in entertainment, he's already bought. He's no good to us. They they get next, you know, these small hats, they get next to the street niggas first because that's who they sign to their labels. They pick the most degenerate amongst us and give this person a deal. If there's a hundred guys that's going up to get a record label deal, whoever's talking about shooting and stabbing the most, and unfortunately the person that went through uh, the group home and the juvenile detentions and, you know, all these uh, juvenile kind of jail institutions until they got to the bigger jail institution. And when he gets out, they give him a deal and they put that person amongst in front of us. And we all is supposed to, you know, look up to him as because they give him the jury and everything else. But behind the scenes is pimping and horn. And being from the Midwest, Detroit, Chicago, Milwaukee, you know, this is the homes of the pimps. And we're familiar with pimping and hoeing. And we know what it looks like and we know what it sounds like. The thing I disagree the most, right, with this drink champs thing, and even our brother Kanye is this. First, our brother, um, our brother Nori, he makes a statement. He says, um, some of my best friends is Jews and black people, right? And we got to give our brother an understanding. Um, our brother Kanye says that, well, it's not all small hats. It's just some in these certain positions in Hollywood. And there's some in the recording industry as executives, right? But he on Real Black Content's forum podcast, beloved. We say it's all of them. We don't say some. We don't say it's good apples and bad apples. We say all of them. The one that got money and the ones that do not have money. And this is the reason why we say this, beloved. Um, see, when you're dealing with small hatches, different. And we talked about this before. The difference between them and other groups and other ethnicities is that, see, we can win over some Koreans. They just got to meet us, you know, uh, feel our vibration, feel our language, feel our tone, feel our heart. We can win them over. We can win the Turkish over. We can win uh, many of our brothers and sisters in Mexico over and in Colombia over, you know what I'm saying, in Brazil over because we just dealing with character, tone energy charity right it's going to be difficult to win over somebody that works off a book so here on real black content is foreign podcast beloved we say the small hand is your biggest enemy because he operates off a book so there, there is no good or bad he he has a, a book called the Talmud, right um he has a bible his bible is translated through the Talmud. the rabbis do that for him in the book called again the Talmud. So when you hear our brother um, Nori says, I got Jewish friends and then I got black friends, not the correct Nori because I'm not I don't I don't know the brother personally. But what I would say to our brother Nori is give him a little bit more understanding is that, see, in their world, beloved, you are what they call the goyim. Right. Our brother Kanye in their world, you are what they call the goyim. That's number one. Your position as the goyim is. You're a Hamite, right? This is why they're calling themselves Semitic. Not only are they Semitic, Semitic is short for Shem. They're really saying Shemitic. And in their mind, in their world, all races come from three people. Yefef, Ham, and Shem. They're calling themselves Semitic as they're from the line of Shem. So that means that black folks and so-called white folks are from the other two brothers, right? But these two brothers, Ham and Yefef, together their children equal what they call the Goim. So we got to get that understood first. That's what the Goim is, right? Now, out of the Goim, the least out of the two brothers that's at the bottom, he totes the water. He's he's the slave. He's the servant. He's the uh, he's the stranger is the children of ham which is i.e black folks so you can't be their friend they can play along with you in a relationship so again we're from the midwest that a relationship is similar to a pimp and hoe relationship right so when you hear nori say yeah my best friends is jews 
how we hear it in the Midwest is just like you saying or hearing a whole say, well, my best friends is pimps. <laughs> look, I said, uh, look, I, 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 all my, all my, I got good pimp friends. All my friends is pimps and they're good people. And all pimps is not bad pimps. Imagine a hoe saying all pimps is not bad pimps. Well, he's just here to exploit you. The better hoe you are, the better or the more worth you're going to have to the pimp because he's exploiting you. So if you got good friends that's exploiting you, that's why you're their friend. They're exploiting you. Now, if I come amongst you and you're a hoe and I say, no, beloved, you are not a hoe, my sister. You're a queen. You know what I'm saying? You come from the children of the most precious people, beloved. You know what I'm saying? You are a queen. You are the highest of the high. I don't care what you did, sis. That's not your nature. Your nature when you was born is freedom, justice, and equality. That's your true nature. You don't have to allow these men to take advantage of you. What the enemy or the pimp in that case want to do is silence me. Because I'm going to tell you something that's going to free you from him. So now I'm going to be a problem. It's time to cancel your brother, VJ, because I'm telling you, sis, don't be a hoe no more. If your brother from the south side of Chicago on the biggest stage is telling you all of y'all is tied in with these contracts, with these small hats, you don't have to do that. You can still do your talent. Just work for yourself or get you representation that look like you. They're going to sign it. They don't want that voice to be heard because they're eating off you. And because you are part of the go in. They're taught in their literature that they're supposed to pass you down to their children's children. So if you in contract with them and the boss die, the contract goes to their son. You now work for their son. This is why they don't want you to own anything. You get a company, they're going to come take the company. They'll give you the money. But they want your work is supposed to take care of their generations. Your work is not to take care of your generations. Your brother Vijay, I've always been telling you that. So. Our brothers in New York, they can be reformed. We love them, but they're lost. But we already know, beloved, they're the 85%. Is that right? And the 85% is what, beloved? We're taught that the 85%, 85% means they're the deaf, dumb, and blind. There is hard, I'm talking about, it's easy to lead them in the wrong direction, but it's hard to lead them in the right direction. So look at the people that's coming out against your brother. Our brother Kanye. Just think about it. Everybody that got something to say is tied in with a small head contract. McMill got something to say. He's tied into a small head contract. Charlemagne got something to say. He's tied into a small head contract. Uh, Academics got something to say. He's tied into a small head contract. Then you got the so-called street people to do protesting. Again, the my signs and even the comedians, they got some type of power, you know, all of a sudden. But we'll explain that later with D.O. Hughley. He has something to say about our brother Kanye, but he's a liberal. Liberals get their funding from the small hats. So it kind of works like this. The small hats fund the liberals and the conservative, but they show up to the prime with the liberals. They show up on date night with the liberals. This is who they put the arm around because the liberals can tear down the country faster. And they make their money off dysfunction because they're the financier of everything. But it has to be a level of dysfunction finance so you won't look at them. This is how the process works. So you can see everybody who's on their payroll who's coming out against Kanye. You can see it. He's the litmus test right for right now for us. We can see, okay, you know, anybody that come against a, um, a Democrat, all of a sudden the negative media is going to turn against you. So everybody that bags away from Kanye, I mean, that's their business, but how they bag away from him. You know what I mean? They make sure, oh, no, no, we're not with that. We're not with that anti-Semitic stuff. How could it be anti-Semitic when a brother identified himself as a Jew? Do you believe him or you don't? But then again, you won't find no sanctuary in the street nigga because the street nigga will look you in your face, bring you on his platform, and he'll tell you what, beloved, you belong here. You know, we don't want to see you, yay, at these white establishment, brother. We don't want to see you over here at Tucker Carlson and over here and over there. We want to see you here. And then you come there and then you give your truth. And then 24 hours, they backpedal on you. See, that's the epitome of a nigga. He ain't got his own. He ain't got mom and them spirit. But that's why they put our brother Nori, unfortunately, at that place, drink champs. They got our people on there drinking every other day. They all out of shape. They're smoking dope. 
They say this is the representation of the culture. Yeah, this is the culture that the small hat gave you. And you bring these guys in and it's all they talk about. They can't talk about nothing real. You know, they they uh, showing up to the show with pimps and everything. It look like now. You know what I mean? This is what they're doing there. And then our brother Norway, he's 40 something years old. They can put a gold chain on him. He got the Newport charm on. You know, it's like some real minstrel shit. He got two, uh, either two cigarettes in his ears or two blunts in his ears. And all he do is smoke all day. And that's why you got the position, brother. Because they take the worst amongst us. They give them a platform. If you're going to get a good platform on YouTube, beloved, they I got a channel and I get so many subscribers. They take my channel down. I just do it again. They take it because this is what that's why I tell. That's it, man. Don't subscribe to this channel. <laughs> I say, man, make a comment because you know they're gonna take this down. They're gonna take this motherfucker down in a minute anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're gonna take it down anyway because this is what they don't. They don't. Hey. I make a joke. I said, damn, brother Ben X get a new channel every three years. He's he something like me all stuff. He just a he just a young blood. You know what I mean? They take his channel down, they take my channel down, like cause all these channels that's up, they don't fuck with them. They ain't saying nothing. Nobody's sounding the alarm saying, hey, man, our people gotta wake up, beloved. This is what's going on. Man, they don't do that. But beloved, our brothers from New York City, man, they gotta wake up. You know what I'm saying? The trumpet has been sounded, man. The trumpet been sounded. Ye cannot lose this battle. He already won. The game is over with. The fight is over with. He can go back and apologize because what he needed to say, he already said it. Like, what the fuck they going to do? He already said it. It's too late. You know what I'm saying? It's like um, when he was on Pierce Morgan, they're trying to push our brother Ye to apologize so much. And it's not to kind of, in my estimate, they're not trying to humble him. This is interesting what they're doing. It's like they want to just go back to business as usual. They always want to say, okay, he apologized. Let's just go back to business as usual. But he's like, he's double down and on the shit. He's triple down and on the shit. You know what I mean? Like he he's not, he's not folding, man. It's interesting. He's not folding. But they're not trying to humble him. I noticed that. That's number one. I noticed this also, right? Um, you see, um, Everything that needed to be said was already said. We already heard it. So if our brother do come out and apologize, it's not a sign of weakness or defeat. He already said what the people needed to hear. He's speaking to his community. They're black entertainers. They heard it. Hey, man, 90% of y'all are signed to these people, bro. They have you saying crazy shit, but they won't let you say crazy shit about nobody else but yourself. Yo, you can get you can be your own representation. You don't have to sign any people. Stop letting these people be your boss. Now he already said it. You heard it. You know what I'm saying? You um you can't unhear what you heard. So if he come back and apologize and go back to business as usual, there ain't no problem for him because we already heard it. That's like me, beloved. That's like your brother VJ, right? That's like me. We all working at General Motors together, right? But I'm the um I'm the union president. And all the workers at General Motors, been working 60, 70 hours a week, right? And then I come up as a union president. I call a meeting. I get all the workers together. I stand on top of a chair and I holler, hey, look, General Motors been ripping us off. All of us been working 60, 70 hours a week. They've been giving us flat pay. They supposed to give us time and a half. Now, they might pull me in the office and reprimand me, suspend me, silence me, cancel me. But if I come back and say, all right, I was sorry. I, I was sorry. I should have never said that. I was apologize to the powers that be at General Motors. It doesn't matter to you. You already heard the truth. Now you can go back and look at your check and say, damn, BJ was right, bro. Hey, we ain't been getting our, we've been getting our money, but shit, we ain't been getting our time and a half. We need to go back and do it this way going forward because you already heard it. Yeah, you got small hat representation. Now, nah, shit, you heard it. Damn, why do I always got to go to this motherfucker now? Because, beloved, believe it or not, the Southern artist is going to double down on this because they're going to start saying, okay, if, if Ye is the coon, who's a real coon? You, you don't own your music. They're going to start clowning you because Southern artists, they already kind of like in the cut, they clown these Northern artists. Anyway, like, man, these niggas running out here with funny folks. These niggas ain't getting no money for this shit. They all in the, in the ribs with these folks. <laughs> 
They don't own their masters or nothing. You know what I'm saying? They're joking on these guys. So now when you jump up and say, Kanye is a coon, they don't say, all right, Dan, well, who is you signed to? If you're going to say, well, I'm, I'm signed to Small Hat Records, they're like, well, shit. It's like he's going to nullify your voice now because you're going to make his point. When you come out and say, well, damn, I am kind of tied in with these contracts with these folks, but you got something to say against him, you're making him look right. I don't know about y'all, beloved. When I seen Meek Mill bunny hopping with them small hats, man, that shit made me feel weird. I don't even listen to rap like that. But this guy got such this killer image and he's representing Philly and the boy can rap his ass off now. He can rap his ass off. But I'm like, damn, bro, when I seen him bunny hopping with them small hats and shit, I'm like, damn, that shit looked crazy to me. And then when I seen he took a picture with some small hats and they had their arm around me, me a waist like, you know, you know, men, we normally take pictures. If somebody got the arm around you, we believe in putting your arm around the shoulders. But there's a picture with Meek Mill with a small hat. The small hat got his arm like around his waist. The, the photo looks so funny, bro. And I'd be like, yo, what these cats got going on? You know what I'm saying? But look, I, I'm going to leave you with this because I always kind of been a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, right? You see, they got a pattern of signing up people that's dysfunctional. They just do it. You know, um, I think our brother DMX was a great talent, but uh, they they only signed him because he had parental issues with his mother and he wasn't tight with his pops, to my knowledge. And he had a lot of personal shit going on. He had a kind of a sense of uh, he it was confusion. It was anger. And he didn't really know how to channel it. So they gave him a deal. They gave him a pedestal. So our children can kind of look up to him. Right. They give Jay-Z a platform. They put him like on a pedestal because he's he's going to get all the marketing dollars because he's selling the I'm the biggest drug dealer image in the planet. So, you know, Rick Ross is living off that blueprint. I'm the biggest drug dealer on the planet. Uh, they're going to give. 50 center platform he's been shot it's like they put the ones in front of us that our children would want to be like they will these lives to themselves but they're chasing trauma you know it's like they're chasing the trauma image because they're giving us people that's dealing with trauma and they put them on a bigger scale but they know that they uh there's some deviation with their personal life and whatever that deviation is they know and they keep it a secret you don't you know, those folks at Job Records, they wasn't surprised that R. Kelly was doing They already knew it. They hold this shit to the right time. If it gets out by any other means, it just get out. But they hold it against you and they'll let it out against you when they get ready. Because when they did with you, they know what you, they already know what you're into. You know what I'm saying? Like, they take the broken from amongst us and give them the biggest platform. And it somehow, it kind of like contaminates the rest of us. Because we look up to the people that's broken. Right. Check it out. I, I don't know if you know this, but this is the game that the elders gave me. Saying nigga wasn't the most popular term in our village. Um, actually, the real play is if you call somebody a nigga, it could be a fight. And then if you call somebody black, there was a time in our village. If you call somebody black, it was a fight. Right. OK. Um. The small hats gave a platform to one of our brothers named Richard Pryor. He was a comedian. And he was the one that I'm told by the elders he popularized the nigger term. Because nigger wasn't a popular saying like that until he did it. He made nigger, you crazy, this, this type of nigger, Superman nigger. He made all his nigger kind of jokes. And he they gave him the biggest platform. But if you look at, again, going back to the blueprint of how they do things, or the black print, I should say, when they were signing Richard on, Richard had the talent, but they put the guys, he got an interesting personal life. He came from a household that was interesting, you know. He kind of lived a life that was interesting. So they kind of had something on Richard. And if he kind of played another game, they could let it out. So he kind of tread lightly, you know what I'm saying? He did come back to Africa, and he was like, yo, I, I'm not going to do the nigga bits no more. But it was like, it was some other shit in his personal life that he ended up telling himself, which took the power from them because 
if you tell your own story, they can't tell it. So, but they used them to run around with this particular word, like everywhere. You know what I mean? They put it on all the comedy bits and all the stage shows and they gave them that platform. They picked the people that's amongst us that they got something on to put in front of us so they can control them. So when you see our brother Ye is out here saying this, whatever they got on Ye, he's not worried about that coming out. He's like, fuck it. So they don't know how to react. Nobody can come to Ye's aid because they still got what they got on them. You know what I mean? They, You don't see Jay-Z have anything to say. You don't see Beyonce have nothing to say. He Now, in, in turn, we seen Ye stand up for Beyonce and them at award shows and all kind of shit. But when it's time to return the favor, when he's down, they don't say nothing. You know, you got to imagine Ye as a producer, he didn't give everybody a beat. You know, two chains got to be all these guys got beats and uh, Big Sean and everybody got beats and opportunities. And but you don't hear John Legend. Nobody saying nothing. Nobody can stand up for their brother. They all tied in. He's telling the truth. They're all tied in with a small hat. So they can't go against them because they're going to stand out because they tied in. They, we're going to see what he tied in with the small hats anyway. But they can't even go for him because they, they're, they're slaves almost. They can, they don't, they sold, we can really see what they mean when they say somebody sold their soul. They can't even come out and say nothing. So it's just, it's a, it's, we got to see how this thing unfold, beloved. You know what I mean? Because, man, they got so much shit on our people, you know, I used to always look at, there was a pastor from the South, and um, his name was uh, Eddie Long. He's no longer here, right? He passed away. But Eddie Long had some shit going on with some, some young men, right? It was some funny shit. He was coaching them along since they were small kids, and then when they became 18, it just went left. You know what I mean? It's a very uh, messy situation. It's uh it's totally unfortunate, right? Because you know, man, that's just crazy how that shit worked out. But I'm saying all that to say this, right? Um those devils that's in power, in my estimate, knew Eddie Long was like that. Because I always I thought it was weird how when Bush was in office, Bush invited like it was a, he he invited so many black pastors to the White House. And in my mind, you know, you know how they, you know, secret service and how they do background checks and all that. And you know that these guys, these pastors I'm talking about, right? They had to be underneath some type of surveillance to go up to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He just ain't calling just pastors out the blue. They already know about these people. So, you know, Eddie Long was one of the pastors that went to the White House. Now, there's a bunch of other Reverend Portshops that went up there with him. Ironically, now, beloved, the brother minister. Right. We're talking about our brother, Minister Farrakhan. He didn't go. He wasn't invited. You know what I'm saying? But the rest of these guys, you know, they went to, you know, Babylon called a meeting. Right. Or Rome called a meeting. They go to Rome and Babylon and just sit down or sit with the emperor or something. I don't know. I always felt like, damn, when everything came out, I'm like, I bet you the White House knew. The reason why I say this is because this. Right. Uh, after the White House meeting. Right. And all the Reverend Porkchops that was up there, you know, they came from up there and they went back to their respective churches. The brother minister, uh, he came up with, I think it was the second million man march or the millions more movement. Well, I think it was called or it was a million family march, a youth march, something. I can't remember what march it was, but I remember Eddie Long reached out to help the brother minister in his mission. OK. Everything was good. It was just like the Nori situation. It's just like the Nori and Kanye situation. Ironically, you know, the brother minister is from Chicago and yeah, he is too. It's like a good parallel. Eddie Long reaches out to, he reaches out to the brother minister. He said, I want to help you with your mission of the next march in D.C. And then everything was good. Eddie Long then gets a call. He doesn't say who calls him, but he gets a call. And then he comes back and tells the brother minister, hey, look, I'm not able to go it's too much pressure on me i can't help you with this this million march movement a million youth movement and whatever the movement was i always thought to myself when every because big mama always say if it don't come out the wash you come out the rinse before he passed away that story about him running around with the young men came out and i thought damn well wait a minute back in the day i wonder was that the call he got then because what can make a pass i'm just thinking like damn if you just a passer bro 
and you just working hard for the community, who can call you and derail you from trying to assist somebody doing something that can help your people? Like that's it doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I'm saying? But now I look, I said, okay, maybe he get the call that hey man, you get next to him. We're gonna let this out on you because we know this is going on. And he backed up off of it because the devil ain't got no new tricks. He did the same thing with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Peace be upon him. He had tapes of our uh of our brother, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They said he was, you know, he had these women, he's running orgies and threesomes, he's knocking them down. And they like, yo. To the, the way the story go, the FBI or the CIA said, look, Martin, if you go out there, you know, we're going to let Coretta know what you got going on. And they said that, you know, uh, Martin didn't bag down. They showed the pictures to Coretta and she stood by her husband. So it's what it is. You know what I mean? So. Peace and black power to your family. Dad, we're going to leave it right there, beloved, because, man, you know, we can talk about this subject for a minute, man. Our brothers in New York City, um, we can't look to them for nothing, you know, and L.A. too, because that's the hub. Those are homie towns, beloved. Those people are bought. We can't look to nothing that them folk got to say. I think the South and the Midwest is maybe the only voice we could turn to. But we're going to keep our eyes open on the story anyway. How about that, right? Until next time, this Big VJ, Real Black Contest Forum Podcast, man. I get it with you guys later. Peace. Thanks for viewing the podcast. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the channel on all social media platforms. Real Black Consciousness Real Forum. Black Consciousness Real Black Forum. Consciousness Forum. And we out this piece.